0: Hi, Peter Borker here, and welcome to today's edition of The Transition Guide. Now, joining me today is Joss Milner, who is the co-founder of Cashflow Story. Thank you for coming in, Josh. Hi. So, Joss, tell me,
1: how did Cashflow Story come about? Well, it's actually an interesting story, Peter. So, myself and Adam Milts co-founded a business back in the late 90s, and we developed uh, financial analysis software for banks for the what they call the mid- middle market. So for so your typical sort of medium-sized family sort of size business. Um, so we did that in late 90s and we took that product to the banking world. We also recognized that there was an opportunity in what we called the advisory space mostly in started in Australia with um, accounting firms who tended to try and advise their clients using our software so we were very successful in selling that to banks globally who bought it and used it Um, quite successful in selling it to accounting firms through channels and but what we found is accounting firms bought it loved it but didn't really use it right Um, and the conclusion was that the the product was too complex because banking requirements were quite uh, complex in terms of the analysis that they did, it was too complicated for your average firm or your average business. So the advisors loved it but couldn't actually use it. We sold that in 2009 and a few years later, Alan and I engaged again in conversations and s- said, it's a pity that we were not able to uh, fill that need in the marketplace. And then sort of had this moment and said, well, why don't we do it again? So that was the the genesis of the thoughts behind Cashflow Story. So we teamed up with Tim, who's a developer, and Alan, Tim, and myself developed and brought Cashflow Story to the marketplace as a product that did financial storytelling to help non-financial people understand numbers and learn to love numbers. And that is a
0: big thing, because if you take most entrepreneurs, I mean, they've got great ideas, they run their business, Mm -hmm. but let's be honest with you, most people don't teach you about numbers. And actually, so many entrepreneurs I come across, they're damn
1: embarrassed or damn frightened of numbers, and they don't want to admit it. Well, if you actually think about a typical entrepreneur, it it may be somebody who's got a passion for something, so they love making things, or they love doing things, or they love whatever it is they do, and the financials, particularly the balance sheet, is just seen as this unnecessary time sort of consuming, com- complicated thing that they have to do. And it's compl- for them, it's complicated it's, in their mind. Yes, but it shouldn't be. Absolutely. So what we're saying is, yes, you're in business to make things or sell things or do things, but at the end of the day, you have to make money. Yeah. yeah. And it's you can't ignore your accounts, you can't ignore your results because you have to be able to understand them. So our passion is about helping ceos directly or through the coaching and advisory that's out there to learn to firstly i guess realize that numbers don't need to be that complicated and to learn to love the numbers and we have a, a saying that we use a lot that says revenue is vanity profit is sanity mm. but cash is king and understanding what drives the cash and the profit and ultimately the value of the business. You can't be a CEO and run a business without understanding that. So there's a
0: couple of things, I totally agree with you, and there's a couple of things here that I like about the software. Number one, it's about telling a story. And what I tend to find is as soon as you start taking a, a situation and turning it into a narrative, people tend to understand the narrative. Yeah. Exactly. So it makes it really easy. And I tend to find that accountants, they're very good at putting
1: their numbers together, but they're damn awful at explaining what the numbers actually mean yeah i think part of the problem is accounts are created and set out in a in a way for regulatory authority reasons for tax whatever and there's a lot particularly in the balance sheet there's a lot of what we call baggage so there's a whole lot of things that are important like money owing to tax authorities maybe money owing to directors or owners of the business but it's actually baggage because it's there it's important but it's not part of the management of the business in terms of being efficient and making money. So what we try and do via Cashflow Story is to focus on the numbers that are important. That the numbers that they can influence, they can, and, staying, and they can they, manage, yeah. like the receivables, the inventory, the payables, the working process, things that management has some level of control over. Well, on a yeah. day-to-day basis, right? Exactly, you can go out there and call a customer and say, hey, you owe me money, and collect money faster. You can reduce your inventory. You cannot replace things when you sell them until later. So there are things you can do. So what we try and do is focus on what management has a level of control over. By doing that, I can start understanding that collecting is quicker brings money in, puts it in the bank. It's obvious when I say it like this. But when you look at accounts and look at your receivables sitting at $675,000, People don't think, wow, if they were six hundred and twenty thousand I'd have fifty five thousand dollars in my bank account. They don't
0: and they often don't understand the relationship how much overdue they are because they're too busy doing their day to day Yeah. And
1: if they are doing anything, they're chasing sales, they're chasing volume. Absolutely. And so often we discovered via a power of one that price is so much more sensitive, so much more value in a price increase compared to selling more.
0: But people are scared to put their prices up. That's,
1: that's a really good point. They're scared to put prices up because they think about price increases as 10 or 15 or 20 percent. And they're worried if we put our price up 10 percent, we could lose business. But what we often look at is say, we have the power of one. What does a 1 percent change do? And we find in many businesses, a 1 percent price increase could be worth more in terms of profit or cash improvement than three or four percent more sales volume. and you think about one percent, most customers wouldn't even notice if we put okay. our prices up. So unless we're selling to consumers, we, businesses seem to have this obsession with round numbers. So everything's got to be 295 or 100 or a thousand dollars. why can't it be a thousand and forty dollars? Yeah. So often it's a round amount and then we add sales taxes and things and it becomes an unround amount anyway. Mm -hmm. So we encourage businesses to look and say, are you leaving money on the table? Are you selling something for 30? That could be for 30, 50.
0: And the whole point is, unless they look at these things, they look at the numbers in that way, without making the changes that they need to make, the chances are they could end up going bust anyway. Exactly.
1: So in about 30% of businesses that we look at, The more they sell, the worse their cash flow gets.
0: And people don't think like that, you know that. They don't think, they think, okay, do you know what, my cash flow isn't where it needs to be, I'm just going to trade my way out of it, Mm. and I'm just going to sell more. But then if you've got that leaky bucket, like you say, and actually your cash is getting tied up the more you
1: sell, you're probably going to bankruptcy a lot quicker. Exactly. So, and it's called over-trading or even growing broke. Good twenty to thirty percent of businesses do that. have that issue, yeah. and so sometimes it's really easy to fix. A one percent price increase, some tracing of receivables, a little bit of a reduction in inventory, and the problem solved. But what we need to do is get people to actually understand the numbers first. Exactly,
0: and that's what the software does. And I've been using the software with a number of clients, and quite interestingly, I've been using them with slightly smaller clients. Mm-hmm. So not your typical mid-market, but your typical below your mid-market that are scaling up to become a mid-market business. And what's interesting is that these people absolutely had no understanding of the numbers, but actually what it does, it gives them a good understanding of the numbers.
1: Yeah, and I think when people understand something, they, then they stop being scared of it, then right. they start enjoying it, and they start seeing, oh, the strategies that we put into place last quarter, we're starting to see the business improving. We're starting to see... and what we're saying is, ultimately, we want to sell a business. Yeah. So, but that comes on to, to the next
0: bit, doesn't it? Right. Really? Yeah.
1: That comes onto that next bit because every business should
0: be ready to be sold. Even if you don't want to sell a business, if you can get a business to a point where it can
1: be sold, then it's a great business. Exactly. So what we always say is, if somebody walked into your business today and said, pulled out a big checkbook and said, "How much to walk away?" That number you should always have in your head. And look and say, what is my, what is the dream value that I wish my business was worth? What is it actually worth today? And what is that gap? And, and that's the challenge, you see, Johnson. That's the big challenge. Because people have this unrealistic thing in
0: their head. One day I'm going to sell my business for millions. Yep. And, that, you know, there's nothing wrong with selling your business for millions. I've had clients that have done it many a time. But you've got to understand what your business is worth today so that you know what you've got to do to make it into the million. Yep. And most people have no
1: idea what their business valuation exactly. is, do they? And if you decide you want to sell, it's too late yeah. if that gap is too big. You could have fixed it two, three years before by working on improving the business. And it comes back to the fundamentals. If you're improving your profit and you're improving your cash flow you will be improving the value of your business. Yeah,
0: and I always work on a premise with my clients that if you want to sell a business, I always say it takes a five-year process to sell a business mm. because we need, we need to make sure we get all these things in place so we get maximum value. That's one thing I like about the tool is your tool actually gives you a guideline to a potential value of the business. Exactly. I mean, there's other multiples that you'll chuck in, but it gives you that rough and ready, this is where we are, this is what it could be worth right now, and actually you've got a basis to be working on. And each year, as you start to work in your business, I honestly believe that a business should be valued every single year. Correct. So I that agree, actually 100%. every single year, year, you've done a hard work for a year. Why, don't, why not see what it's worth? Hmm. Because a lot of people say, well, I am not building much cash or whatever. and They get really despondent, but they don't realise actually when you're growing a business and growing it quite rapidly, you may not get the cash flow here and now, but you're actually getting the equity value. You're actually getting value in the business.
1: Exactly. And there's two different things. 100%. So if people want to know more about sort of cash flow story, what do they need to do? Probably go to our website which is www.cashflowstory.com, and there's good information there.
0: You've got loads of videos, haven't you showing people how well you've got loads of examples yes, as well?
1: There's also a video training series done by my business partner, Alan Meltz. Um, that if on YouTube if you look for cash flow story, you'll actually find a series of videos by Alan and it covers all the fundamentals that we've spoken about today, but in more detail around what measures should you look at and it's very much consistent with what the software delivers.
0: Now people will say, well, okay, what about variances in currencies and stuff like that? How do you deal with that?
1: All dealt with. It it basically picks up where you are in the world, puts the currency in, business in terms of financial performance is global, there are no differences from, we have over uh, we have users in over 40 countries using cash story from Nicaragua through to Russia, to Australia, United Kingdom, US, etc. Um, business management, business improvement, all of that is global.
0: So numbers really shouldn't be scary. I mean, at the end of the day, yes, we've got to learn how to understand numbers. We've got to learn how to impact our numbers, ultimately take them where we want them to go. I honestly believe that cash flow story is a great tool. If anything we've talked about today resonates with you, you wanna know more about your cash, you wanna know more about how to use the tool, head over to balka.com and get in touch. And remember, failing to learn is learning to fail.